host Tom Didier. We're doing uh, Tuesdays with Tom on the 4th of July with my best friend Chuck McPherson. Uh, we want to thank Willie's Restaurant for giving us the opportunity to do this. Chuck, how you doing? Wonderful. It's a great morning. See, I can call you Chuck. <laughs> he usually goes by Charles. So professionally Chuck. Charles, but no, everybody calls me Chuck nowadays. Yeah. I got over that stuff. I, you, you, you think? Yeah, you just can't call me Chucky. <laughs> I have done that a few times <laughs> in my in my life. So Charles, um, where do you work? I work at Westside Tractor. It's a John Deere uh, construction and forestry dealership. How long have you been there? I've been there a couple of years now. What is what's different about what you did in the past? I know that you. Um, we're going to get back to our childhood, but I wanted to give people a little bit of insight of who you are and how I got to know you. So, um, what um, what did you do before you uh, you got into the Westside Tractor? Well, I worked at a place called Indiana Auto Auction for 20 years. I started off as a service manager and then service and reconditioning, then all operations and arbitration, and just more or less an operations director at the very end when I left after 20 years. So I left and wanted something a little bit less stressful. Yeah, and is it less stressful? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot less stressful. I work for a great company now. I got great benefits. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a good place. It's nicer. That's good. Well, I want to get back to when we first met. So, um, do you remember that far back? Of course I do. I mean, I'm 62 years old. You're you're gonna be 59. Yep. So Chuck Chuck's actually three years younger than me. I still remember I was in the backyard shooting baskets on Crescent Avenue with my sister Annie in the backyard because we always had a basketball court in our backyard. Always. So I, I don't remember. Did you move in like April? Yeah, um, we moved in in April right before the big storms of April 73. See there? I I, 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 do, I was trying to think of, I think it was April because yeah. it was kind of crazy because you came in between your, you know, the end of your, what, third grade? Uh yeah, between third and fourth. Right, and I was in... Well, second and third, actually. Right, I was in fifth or sixth grade. I was getting ready to go into sixth grade, I think. So, I and I still remember what you told me later in life when you first met me. <laughs> you said, well, this kid looks like a real dork. <laughs> well, I mean, the neighborhood I came from was quite a bit different than the neighborhood yeah. we moved into. So where so. did you grow up? I grew up at Feeney and Taylor area, which wasn't the best, but... Mom kept a good roof over her head, and our house was clean. Yeah, and why do you why do you think you say that? Is it was it just a different lifestyle? Yeah, it was just different in? lifestyle, different people. Things did different things. You know, you're talking that was you know inner city, uh, sort of you know just on the outskirts of, of downtown, and you know things were just starting to change. Where uh, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't all rosy all the time. So it, it was, you had to lock your doors. You couldn't leave your bike out front. You know, stuff like that. It's, you know, as, as society changes and city changes, you know, certain things get bad. So Yeah. We had a great childhood. We had I mean, a great we, childhood. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it's kind of weird because when, you know, you didn't come into our neighborhood until I was about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And so it, it um, when you look back at it, and I, I grew up in the 60s also. You know, you could just see the, the changing of the neighborhoods and how everything changes. And, you know, Crescent Avenue was always Crescent Avenue. I love, sta- you know, I always called it State Street forever. And it's really State Boulevard. Yep. So, but, you know, we, we just had so much fun as kids, especially, you know, just all the neighborhood kids that we played with. You know, the Oferleys. You know, the Roy's. 
Yep, Mark Roy and Dan Roy. Dan Roy and uh, you know just all the basketball games we played, all the bikes, and you know we yeah, went go ahead. swimming and you know. Well, just riding everything. I mean, remember, remember, remember beer can collecting? Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still have my beer can collection. At least my foreign beer can collection. I don't have my other one. My mother threw all my beer cans out. So, but. Um, you know, I just, uh, I guess I want to kind of get into, um, you know, what our child was like and our upbringing. So your dad was a police officer. Yes. So. He was my stepfather, but he adopted me in, in uh, 19, married my mother and got to my mother in 1971. They got married in 73, 74. Um, but he adopted me in 77. He's the actual only father I've ever known. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and you, you, your dad's still living. Yep, he's 90 years old. And, uh, I mean, I remember your dad. He was just a tough, <laughs> tough guy. I mean, he just, he was, he, he had a really fun side to him, too. But he, I always got along with your dad. Your mom scared me. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom was, you know, mom was, she was hard. She raised some kids by herself for quite a while, so she was, had a pretty tough exterior on her. Uh, dad, you know, he had a lot of responsibilities. He was, a, you know, he was in the Navy. Uh, for quite a few years, and then he was a Fort Wayne police officer, retired from there, managed Glenbrook Mall for 20-some years uh, in their maintenance and operations section. So he's always worked his butt off between the service and the police department and that, and then all my football games and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he was he was always there, but he was quiet. He was that. Uh, no one knows my dad like I know my dad. I'm sure I'm sure that's the truth. Your dad was, he was he's the best. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get into, like, as we got older in life, you know, I got my 66 Chevelle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many times I got into a little fender bender, and you had to help, like, put a new quarter panel on. <laughs> new hood. Many front ends. <laughs> we had a lot of fun, you know, driving around in that car, and um, I just remember you helping me with everything. You've been a really good friend over the years, and there's not many people that can say that they've had friends since um, they were like 10 years old. Um, so we've been friends for almost 50, over 50 years. And um, you make it feel old. I, we are kind of old, Chuck. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're reminiscing with you know, and that's what this show is really about. It's about July 4th and um, oh, all the fun times that we had. You know, with the fireworks. Mm-hmm. And the fireworks used to be at IPFW. Yeah, they, they called the City Utilities Park. Yeah, that's right. And so they would have them over here. And so it was only like six, seven blocks from our house. Yeah, we'd walk, uh, what, straight up Crescent and down Anthony across, uh, you know, past Atz's and Pizza King and, and all that stuff to Coliseum Boulevard. Turn left, go over the bridge, and, and you were there. You watched it the whole time. The, the fun part, actually, if you remember, was walking back. All the stuff we did walking back, all the fun we had walking back. Ats is you couldn't get into it. No. Pizza King, you couldn't get into it. There was just lines of people everywhere, and everybody was nice. Yeah, it, 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 it was fun. It's a different feel from what it is today. Yeah. I, I, that's the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about in regards to, like, I, I was just noticing it when I was over at some friend's house the other, just yesterday, and... There's no children outside. Nobody plays outside. Nope. Nobody's riding their bikes. I, I, if they are, I don't know where they're doing it and when they're doing it. These darn phones are causing, and you know, we had video games, but you know, you had to. Pong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, what was it? Uh, Pac-Man. You know. Well, you that was later on. Even it was. We were, yeah, but when we were kids, man, there was nothing. We played. We we either we were playing basketball or or, uh, or ditchum or freeze tag, and when it was raining, we were in your basement playing Monopoly or, or Life. That game, Life. Yeah, Life. That. Yeah. Or the the. Uh, Sizzler cars. Yeah, my whatever. race cars. I still have my racetrack. I know. <laughs> so I kept it. And, yeah, I know. I do. But um, so I wanted to ask you. So you were in the service since uh-huh. July Fourth. You were in the you were in the Air Force. You were Correct. in the armed services for how long? Altogether, uh, thirteen years, almost fourteen. And your experience, interesting to say the least. There's a word. Yeah, interesting is a good word. I I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. Seen a lot of cool places and some not so cool places. But yeah, yeah. Um, what was what would you say um, to a, a young person today that wanted to go into the armed services and what's different about it? Do you think today versus when it was? Because you were in the air guard for a while too after you got out. Correct. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they do things now. I mean, even when my son went in, the difference between when I went through Air Force basic training and when he went through basic training was really weird. Mine was longer, but his was a little bit more structured. Um, my son-in-law, he did four tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's got a purple heart. He's got a bronze star. Wow. You know, he's a he's a local hometown hero, unsung hero. But um, he's one. He's married to Brianna. Correct. correct. Yep. And he's got you know. He's got uh, four daughters, the poor man. Oh. <laughs> I ask him sometimes about that. He says, Dad, I think sometimes that rack was easier. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you're right about that. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, what they went through now, I think the basics of, of the military are the same. They teach, you, they teach you the right way to do things. Whether you accept it and do it that way, it is, you can usually tell them a military person who has not fought the change. You know, they're there to teach you to do something right the correct mm-hmm. way. And it's not always, and everybody thinks it's silly. What's the big deal is you fold your clothes that way or you you do this way. Because, like, if they tell you to fold something three by three, well, you make it three by three, okay? Because if you work in, like, in the Air Force, if you're an aircraft mechanic, mm-hmm. if it says turn that bolt three and one quarter turns, that's not three turns or four turns, just three and one quarter. Because if you do it wrong, the airplane falls out of the sky. So it's just following simple instructions. It's, that's all the service. So that's what they're starting. They're basically getting that into your brain and the functionality of it. Yeah. I always wonder sometimes, because you watch all these movies, you know, like Top Gun <laughs> and stuff like that, and they there is a discipline that goes along with it. Yes. And when you break the discipline rules. There's they, a discipline. And it's the, the unsung military code. You know, it's just, you can usually, like I said, see somebody who's been in the military, for the most part, or the most percentages. Not all veterans are heroes. Not all veterans are great people. You know, I see that, oh, he's a veteran. That doesn't mean that you're a superhuman. It means you, you serve. Some people serve for different reasons. Yeah. Some because there was no job. Some because they thought, well, the next thing to do. Mine was, at that point in time in our lives, it was in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. There's no jobs out there, man. It yeah. was a place for me to, to go in and figure out where I was going in life. Yeah. Well, talking about jobs, you know, so in the 80s, it was harder than heck to get a job. Yeah. So if you got one, it was great because there were so many people yeah. that were looking for jobs. And today, we're at unemployment that's almost at zero. And and are you having trouble finding help at, oh, at your place? It's crazy. It's uh, you can't find help anymore. It's I mean, 
we have great positions that pay well, very well, and you can't you can't even get people to apply. Can't get them to apply. It's, no, I, I I don't want this to be a doggy downer. So yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm going to change. It's brutal. The, I'm going to change. I'm going to change the subject real quick on you, and go back to you know. So in my '66 Chevelle, mm-hmm. I had eight tracks. Remember? So yeah, I, I remember. Know, I know it, it really dates me there. So you know, I I still remember my first like six or seven eight tracks I had. The first one was the Doobie Brothers' "Once for Vices or Now Habits," "Hotel California" mm-hmm. by the Eagles. Boston, that was the greatest freaking. That was awesome. I loved it. I called. It, I almost called it a CD. It was an eight track. <laughs> I had the best of bread. Of course. <laughs> I had the best of the Guess Who. Never liked that one. I know you didn't like the Guess Who. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I used to put it. I used to take it out all the time. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you know, our, my brother—he was the one that kind of taught us mm-hmm. the kind of music we liked. So what? Phil. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, my brother Phil. So, I love music. Music kind of touches your heart. I, I got to tell you, Chug, you're like the tough guy in the Air Force, and you've always been a tough guy, uh, kind of, you know, you've always had that tough guy kind of feel. You scared the crap out of me a couple <laughs> times when I was younger. So, I, I know what kind of heart you have. You have this very tender heart. So, and, and there's, a, there's a certain kind of music that you actually like that your wife actually hates. <laughs> <laughs> so which kind my wife yeah. doesn't like a lot of my music no she, she doesn't no you, you like um like uh player and well uh, yeah i mean i i, I like that <laughs> I, heck man i listen to mantelow and air supply there you go you know, I, I, love that I, I got it out of you my real air force buddy <laughs> yeah i i listen music was always my solace and what people don't understand is and i try to teach my wife this now too because when i listen to something or if i'm listening to music and i crank it up she can't understand what music does for me. Music, first of all, calms me down. Second of all, reminds me of an easier time when yeah. we were growing up. Yeah. We had radios in the backyard. We didn't have, or stereos in your car. We'd be playing basketball, and you turn the key on your car, we'd listen to the stereo playing basketball. With, here's the best part that people don't know anything about nowadays, zero drama. We just had fun. And sometimes fun was just sitting on the picnic table, yeah. yelled at by Phil to stay off the grass. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. That was the fun time. It yeah. was. I guess my question to you is, what do you think we c- can do for the future generations of children? That you know, you're seeing it. How many grandkids do you have? I have fourteen. So you have fourteen grandkids. I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but what do you see different between your grandkids and the difference between what we Technology. were like? Always, it it's in goes, my opinion, goes back to technology. In my opinion, technology is the downfall of mankind. We've let technology go too far. We've let it into our lives too far. It's come in way too much. Now, don't get me wrong. I know we need them. I mean, you and I are both sitting here, and, and we're hooked up to all this fancy stuff, talking, and then your, your phone right here, which is your computer and your business thing. I have two of them sitting in front of me because my job. I understand without those things that we have to have those to do our jobs, but I think they've gotten into our home. Kids are... Kids are on phones instead of outside playing. Now, like my daughter, she's a stickler. There's times you got to go out, go get outside. They live over in a very nice addition off over by Snyder High School, <laughs> and she's got a lot of kids in the neighborhood. And over there, you'll see bikes, you'll see them riding, which is cool. Technology. I mean, I understand we have to have it, but I, I think the the limit needs to be put on them more. But you know, who am I? I'm not their. I'm grandpa. I'm not dad. 
I'm not their parent. Everybody's going to raise their child the way that they want. I came from a family of 12 kids. I, I think the one thing that you got out of our family, because you were over there all the time, you were like the, you were like the 13th child. <laughs> so um, what, do, what do you think was the differentiality between where you grew up and how you grew up over on Feeney and then you came to Crescent and you saw the different mm. the differentiality between it and then you came to our house and you did was there things that went on and I mean you knew my mom and dad <laughs> yeah. so well uh, the difference I think was um, your faith you know I, we're both Catholic right. everybody knows that but the way we practiced it was different um, your family was much more um disciplined than my family was when it come to that so um almost like you know, it was like leave it to beaverland compared to something that's why i tell you all the time I, I, how you live and leave it to beaverland yeah, yeah i know you're know, in the real so, world so i steal your pun now <laughs> because people ask me I've, I've been in front of groups and i said look my friend my friend has told me that i live and leave it to beaverland i will tell you i i feel like i did live in a leave it to beaver kind of land when I would when I was growing up it was I mean you know it, it was it was projected that way for you too but your father and your mother both ask you for a lot up to a certain standard but they also did it in a different way that made you understand differently yeah they didn't give us everything that's for darn sure no they didn't I mean people think that you're rich and 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 you have all this stuff and I could tell you anybody who's ever listened to this ever if it goes anywhere these guys had to work for everything. I mean, they drove cars. I'm like, oh, my God. I wouldn't even think about driving that car. But their mom and dad gave them nothing. I mean, I remember you guys going on a couple family vacations. But other than the fact that they ate well because of, you know. Did your meats. Did your meats. Yeah. But there was guys, I can tell you, they beat on the side of the TV to make it come in. <laughs> you remember, remember we used to put a hanger on the. Yeah. We take that. We take that. We take a hanger and we take it apart, and then we'd hook it up for our antenna. I mean, that was. I mean, that was my father. Yeah. I mean, he was like, "Okay, we're not going to go buy an antenna. We're going to make. Our, yeah, we're going to make our own antenna." <laughs> and someone had to stand there and hold it half the time while you're trying to watch a. Well, football you know, game. you got the electricity from yeah. your body to get the get the waves to come in. So right. there, were, there was no richness, and our houses weren't. Your house, my house, they were the big houses on Crescent, but they weren't fancy in any way, shape, or form. No. Their yards were dirt, man. They were. The dirt had mud puddles in them, so people have a misconception of the, quote, Didiers. All, even, you know, your uncles, they weren't, if they had money, they never projected it. I mean, pretty, they lived a very pretty simple. Soft, solid, simple life, you know. So that's, I think that's what was, was neat, too, in the upbringing, is, is no matter how successful we were, or the way we what we become, we don't flash it around a whole lot. You do a little bit more me just because of what you run in, your 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 group you run in with you know with the politics and stuff like that. You know, I'm not in that group, so you always go do fun stuff. I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's always fun going to all this, but it, it, you know, I think it's just about the communication. My 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 whole process of me running for mayor, you know, and I appreciate your your friendship, John. My, my whole process and wanting to do this is basically to, to be a servant to the people. And I think that you, you know, have. you know that, Yep. I mean, uh, my IQ isn't as high as Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> That's another conversation. I, I know you're laughing, but 
the thing is, is I, I think the one thing that I, I've been blessed with is the, the ability to go up and talk to people, str total strangers. Yep. We used to do that all the time. Well, yep. one, it was because we were trying to pick up girls. <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. I know. We were, we were always going somewhere to, like, I, I, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, we always made friends. I know, we did. We always Markle made Beach. friends. Markle all Beach. Time. Oh, I love it. As Markle Beach was one of my favorite places. I loved going there. We had so much fun. Every all, every yeah. summer we'd go there. I'd drive there because you couldn't drive yet because I was no? three yeah. years older than you. I'd take you and Mark. And whoever else wanted to go. <laughs> and we pile in my 66 Chevelle. I know I've talked about it a lot, but uh, I, it's, it's still a car that I'm going to probably look for when I eventually retire. I'm, I want to have a car and I can just go and oh, yeah. enjoy it and cruise down the road. But I do want to leave the city in a better position, you know. I think you get that way because all we did, we rode our bikes. We rode all over the city. Yeah. And you had friends because you went to the cathedral. And Dwinger, you had friends all over the city. You know, I went to Northside High School, so people that I ran with went to school with a pretty much, you know, in, quote, Northside District in right. certain areas. Yours was all over, so, you know, clean down when, well, you worked well, at the store. Remember Al Speed? Yeah, Al yeah. Speed, I was just going to say, he was way out on the other side of New Haven. So, you yeah, know. Remember you had that black Nova, that 70 know. Nova? What a piece of junk. Yeah, it, it looked like a, it didn't look like a piece of junk. It was, it was nice. For what we had back then, we all had junk, you know, it was yeah. all rusted, but it was ours. Well, I, I, I do remember Al's car. I always loved it. <laughs> Man, he put that lacquer paint on there. Man, it was just beautiful. It looked good when he got it yeah, done. Yeah, when he got it done. Is, and it was just a beautiful car. But, Chuck, I really appreciate you being on the show with me today. Uh, just, it's the 4th of Thanks July. Thanks for inviting me. I, just wanted to talk a little bit about our memories of, of our childhood and and then get a little perspective from a different person in regards to the military and things of that nature. And uh, I want to thank you uh, for being my best friend and my brother. And uh, again, I want to thank Willie's for having us on t uh, today and letting us use their restaurant as our, our vocal spot. Studio. Our studio. <laughs> but hey, thanks again, brother. God All bless. Right. And everybody Thank have you. a great 4th of July.